0: Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show.
1: Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Hey, if you, I'm going to say this multiple shows, so just get used to it, Daniel. But if you missed the last show... Uh, I hit my goal, broke 140. What? <laughs> I'll be surprised every time. Bravo! Okay, I appreciate
0: that. Uh, it's actually really impressive. It's thank 140.
1: you. I mean, that that means a lot. The last I used time, to be a runner, and it, that's yeah, flying. The last time, you know, age is a number. I'm 45, and I almost broke 140 when I was 39 years old. I ran a 140 20-something and I attribute the elements of the course quite candidly. I turned the corner, the Virginia Beach claim to fame is that the last mile you run on the boardwalk along the beach. And so I turned the corner, I was well on pace, except the wind was in my face 35, 40 miles an hour. I don't know, I'm making something up, but it was a lot. It was enough to slow me down considerably. I was so angry, I couldn't, just couldn't get the mileage, the, the pace, I couldn't keep it up. And I didn't get there. This time we did something unique. We got to our um, Airbnb early and we couldn't check in. And so we drove the course. And I am so glad we did because we learned that mile six to eight and a half was uphill. And I had seen the topography. You know, they do the map and they show you. And I had seen that. And I was like, what's 100 feet? Like, that's not a big deal. Like, who cares about that? Except it's over a two and a half mile stretch. So it's a very long, steady climb. Mm -hmm. And so when we went out, in my mind, I mean, I thought to myself, right or wrong, thankfully it was right. I thought, okay, I'm going to have to start out faster than my 7.30 pace to bank some time, because I'm not running seven thirties up those up that hill. It's just not happening. And so when we when that thing went off, I ran. I mean, I ran a seven oh five. I ran a seven one. I clocked below sevens. My poor buddy, he thought I was going to lose my mind. He thought I was no no way. You start too fast, because you know how it is. You start mm-hmm. too fast, you would bonk. But I did that to bank time. And going up those hills, I got back you know seven forty five, seven fifty, and I had enough. It was awesome. So it sounds like you're saying plan ahead. Execute your plan.
0: Wow! And be willing to be flexible.
1: Wow! Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly precisely what I'm saying. Very similar to finances. We often correlate the two because the disciplined approach, planning. You know, work your plan, plan your work. Wait, plan your work and work your plan. Right? Uh, and that's what I did. So yes, it was exciting to hit that goal, uh, and I will continue to talk about that. So you're gonna have to deal with that. But we got. What's going on in your world? I'm I'm I've been selfish and angry and I just gotta stop. I I'm haven't had stop. my coffee
0: yet today. So No coffee I'm ready for this.
1: It's nine eighteen.
0: Yeah, I usually have my first cup about nine thirty. Wow. That's mid morning. Mid morning. So I mean I'm up at three thirty or that 4. That's not
1: true. We'd sit here and do these podcasts well, and you roll it. up with your coffee and your water on and Thursday, now you have neither. We do it at ten. And oh, today we do? we're doing it at nine. I don't know you anymore. <laughs> You're going down a path. I can't follow. Have you tried that matcha green thing? I see those advertisements like, I used a to powder drink tea. coffee. Now I drink this, and it's a green extract thingy-wingy. Uh, I mean, I've had
0: matcha tea before, but no, I don't regularly have that. Yeah. I'll have black tea or something, but.
2: Interesting.
1: Okay. Um, all right. We got a question from David. David, what do you got? D-I-Y.
2: Hey, guys. It's David from Michigan. My wife and I are in our mid-30s with four young kids, and we've been wanting to do a really significant addition to our home. We're on a unique property that we intend to live on forever and someday pass on to our kids. Our current home is comfortable, but we could use more space. We figured that while we're all young and think we can afford it, we'd go ahead and complete our dream home so we can enjoy it for years to come. We're sitting on a lot of cash, some from savings, but the majority from a recent refinance. But the problem we've run into is the high cost of building is putting us well over our ideal budget but we'd prefer not to downsize the project. So to cover the shortfall in cash, we're trying to decide if we should liquidate some of our taxable accounts, open a HELOC, or hold off on the project entirely until we build more cash. I have a solid income that allows for good cash flow, my wife stays home, and we have no other debt. I would consider our net worth to be well above average for our age, but we do have big goals that we wanna stay on track for, like paying for college, weddings, and a portfolio that will outlive us. I wanna make the smart move for our family what should we do?
1: So I would have loved to have known the variance in the change of building cost. Are we talking $5,000 out of budget? Are we talking $50,000 out of budget? Uh, I think my answer might change depending upon the dollar amount. Dollar amount or percentage? Uh, Dollar amount. Okay. Because that'd be the size of debt that he would need to acquire, or the time you know it might mm-hmm. take him years to save another fifty thousand, and you know, sure. et cetera, as opposed to five thousand dollars, you know, whatever, just put it on a you know HELOC and get it done. So I mean, but stop interrupting. Let me get there. All right. Um, first of all, personally speaking, I, I could be wrong on this. I've been wrong on a lot of things, but while I do believe housing prices, autos, et cetera, are going to come down. I don't necessarily see construction costs building. Uh, you know, I think that'll be very sticky for a long time, and I think it's because the economy is still relatively good, and we're going to see a movement away from you know house hopping and into remodeling and fixing up, et cetera. That's why in difficult economies you often see companies like Napa Auto Parts, which is General Parts Company, or O'Reilly, or even and I'm surprised that they're trading with the home builders right now, but stocks like Home Depot and Lowe's, they relatively do they do relatively well because again, you have a situation where not everybody is now upsizing their car or trading that in. They're keeping it and they're ultimately, you know, fixing it up, et cetera. Same goes for the house. So the idea that waiting for construction costs or the price of a remodel to come down, I think you're going to be waiting a very very long time. So I think that to me personally it sounds like with all that you've done, etc., waiting, you know, that's not going to be an option. So I don't think that's a great option. So it boils down to again the dollar amount. And the reason I say the dollar amount is, let's say on a monthly basis, you're socking $1,500 away into the taxable accounts, and, you know, you've estimated that it's $15,000 extra. The question I would have for you is, are you okay waiting 10 months? You, You know, now again, if it's 24 months, if it's 36 months, whatever that is based on your margin, then that's a little, you know that's a that again that's a personal preference, so I'd love to have known that, but it's okay I don't like the idea of selling investments here i I, I you know markets are down it's the same concept we talked about the last episode where I went on a little rant about selling investments to, you know because people want to pay off debt uh, I don't like that because again, you shouldn't have gotten into the investments if that was going to be you know your your strategy when the markets are down we're going to go through down markets it's as simple as that. So I think that depending on the time frame, saving for the additional amount is key. Um, Maybe, you know, you said you didn't want to downsize the project, but is there anything that you can look at, you know, that maybe, you know, maybe that granite countertop is is not really ideal right now. Maybe, you know, maybe there's some other things that you can alter a little bit um i know that when we did a project you know we originally quoted pella windows nothing against pella but i was like i i have never been into a house where i've been like oh my goodness you have pella windows we went to windows world and it was phenomenal and we did our whole house with windows from windows world and it was a fraction of the cost so i mean whatever that's that's up to you but i think at the end of the day i would look at If you wanted to expedite the project and you wanted to do it and you could relatively pay it off pretty quickly, I would probably go the HELOC route. I know I'm going to recommend this. This is not a personal recommendation, but it's what I would do. If it's not exorbitant, I would go the HELOC route and I would get the project done and then I would just pay it off. I would focus all of my attention and energy on paying that off. If markets were to rebound considerably, and you then said, you know, I can sell some fixed income or something and pay this off. Then that's another situation. Um, but I would probably do that. I would probably get the project done, and then I would again gazelle like intensity. That's a Dave Ramsey term to pay that HELOC off and and be done with it. And I think that's the blend we we bring you know, Dave Ramsey would say, do not, you just, you're not going to do the project until you have the money, just not going to do it. And I, I don't necessarily think that this is an individual who's very responsible, secure income saves well, et cetera. But out of all the options he laid out, I like the idea of, of a HELOC. That's a home equity line of credit, by the way. Yeah. Um, and and credit unions are great places to get those, by the way, that's not an endorsement, but it's a great place. Yeah.
0: Did you, uh, were you clear from the question, do they have a place to stay indefinitely if they don't build the house on the property? Like, is it, oh, I thought is this was a, a remodel. Timeline? Oh, was it a remodel? I thought they were I building a house. I think it's a, a remodel.
1: House. No, I think this is a remodel. Oh, just the remodel last expanding. question we had was land and building a house. Yeah, I thought this was... I think it was an extensive remodel. Extent, making it bigger, making the house okay. bigger.
2: And we've been wanting to do a really significant addition to our home. I'm
1: guessing. I'm guessing blowing out a wall... New gotcha. bedroom, extending the kitchen, you know, Doing great the room, the whole nine yards. $200,000 oh, okay. project, probably. Massive.
0: Okay. So, one of the ways I would look at this, if I was looking at my own financial plan, is I would look at your house and your investments and your potential debt with the HELOC. I mean, those are all balance sheet items, and you have to choose whether or not. Uh, they are lining up with the goals that you set out in your plan. So if one of the big goals in your plan is to have a house that looks like whatever or that you can live in and it feels like whatever you want it to be, uh, and that is one of your goals, you have to balance that goal with the educational goals, retirement goals, etc. And you have to align your balance sheet with that. What I mean by that is if you're doing the remodel, you're increasing the size or the value or the whatever, the, the amounts of the house on your balance sheet. And that those assets are going to have to come from somewhere. So either you're going to sell things out of your portfolio, stocks, bonds, etc., to convert that to a housing asset that you can then enjoy, uh, or you're going to take on debt through a HELOC, etc. You're going to take the cash from that debt, dump it into the house, and then you're going to use your future cash flow to pay down that debt, thus increasing uh, the equity that you have in the house, on your balance sheet over time, so these are really just balance sheet decisions within the scope of your plan. You have to decide what makes the most sense for you. Obviously, uh, stocks are down here from where they were earlier in the year. Bonds are as well. So you know, investments overall have have pulled back. It's probably not the best time if you're looking sort of historically and long term to sell those assets. But I think you have to make a personal decision of what lines up with your timeline in that respect. So uh, if for your goals it, it makes sense to do that now, then uh, maybe it does. It's not the most prudent in this market environment, especially if you can get a home equity line of credit uh, at a reasonable rate. Keep in mind if you're getting a home equity line of credit at a six, seven, eight percent rate, what you're effectively doing is maintaining those investments on, margin to some extent. Mm-hmm. So you're you're taking out a, say, 7% HELOC, you're keeping those investments in the market. If they go up, great, then you can utilize some of those gains or your cash flow from income to pay down that HELOC. But if they go down, then you kick yourself and you still have that, that debt payment going forward.
1: David never mentioned anything about an emergency fund. Uh, again, I, I think there's an element here. It's all about disciplined approach to sort of replenishing whatever it is that you do, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that a storm could come. So you might not want to incur any debt whatsoever. Let's say you have a large emergency fund. At minimum, you you open the HELOC. It doesn't cost you anything to open or maintain a HELOC, or at least it shouldn't, depending on where you're at. I, I've never seen anybody that it ch- costs. But you could then turn around and use emergency fund and then you'd say well then my emergency fund is zap what if i lose my job well that's why you then have the heloc again you you're you're taking a risk i mean at the end of the day you're taking a risk the only way to not take a risk is either just to not do the project and wait to downsize the project you know until you have the cash but it, i just in the question and again i'm trying to approach this like i would approach it you a reasonable level of risk Assuming you've you know looked at your contingencies and looked at the options and you know your job and the job market et cetera, it is sometimes okay. I mean i've I've bought commercial property using a HELOC before, and then refinanced the commercial property on its own fixed rate. But that was a risk. I I could have you know I could have run into trouble with that et cetera. Now. I'm very happy I did that. I I look back and that was a smart decision. But I also had an emergency fund. I had no other outside debt. You know, I felt good about the prospects. And oh, by the way, the commercial property was for our expanding business. So kind of the moons aligned for that to happen. And and it was a wise decision. I'm not a... On a, luxury, on a personal luxury side, the only reason we're in the house we're in now, we always wanted to upsize and and kind of get our dream home, if you will. But I wasn't going to just do it. I had to get a deal. I, I'm a deal guy at the end of the day like that. So I ended up getting an unbelievable deal. I mean, just it's amazing. Uh, and so but I wouldn't have done it if I didn't get that. So and I think Daniel's in the same boat. I, I don't think he would act on that. So. It's hard for me to, you know, think about a major renovation just from a personal standpoint because I don't think I would do that unless I really had the money. But it sounds like you want to want to do it. So that, that would be my two cents on how to how to move forward with that. Anything else to add? Yeah, Daniel? but it sounds
0: like there may be money in those taxable accounts that they can move over. So if they feel confident that they can replenish those but you to meet their other goals. Sell that here? Uh, it would be a personal, I mean— if the time was right for the family and if that was the goal that they wanted to focus on this year, and then they had a plan to accomplish their other goals, uh, I might. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it comes down to pers- your, are tr- again, you're transferring assets from your, your investments over to a lifestyle asset. And if, if that's the goal that you wanted to achieve this year, uh, then maybe it's worthwhile for them to do it. Uh, Talk what to your I advisor. personally do, it yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It depends. There's a lot of other, sure. you know, facets that sure. go into that. I think that was so. a
1: great question, though. I appreciate that. And again, just another. Another example on how the times have changed and now the, the topics and the conversations are quite a bit different. So uh, planning is, is uh, important through and through, regardless of the positive markets, negative markets, interest rates, et cetera. So again, we really appreciate that question, David. Oh, yay, David. Yay. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. And remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.